The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, it's hour two. Welcome, everybody. It's Chris Salcedo Show. Coming up, we'll talk to Hans von Spakovsky. He is part of the president's election integrity initiative. And uh, I want to hear from him about what exactly he's doing on this uh, on this panel. Let's get to the flip around as we led the show with Charlie Gard and didn't do the flip around in the first hour. We'll start with CNN. And he shared it with the uh, staff. The staff has briefed us. Uh, we were briefed today around two o'clock. So we have a briefing, uh, but now it goes to the next, and we reserve that right for him to come in and speak before us. Um, uh, Manu Raju just uh, mentioned in his tag there uh, that one of our reporters caught up with Rudy Giuliani uh, at the airport. Uh, Giuliani denied uh, that uh, he is being considered to replace Jeff Sessions, and he also supported Sessions' uh, recusal of himself from the Russia investigation matters. Take a listen. Do you think Sessions did the proper thing recusing himself? I uh, believe the Sessions made the right decision under the rules of the Justice Department. Do you agree? I do. I, I absolutely do, and I think he stated it very clearly there under the uh, rules of the Justice Department. It's very clear that him and Mike Flynn had a relationship, and they campaigned together, and it was very clear that Mike Flynn was under investigation. And well, it wasn't Mike Flynn that was the problem, was it, Senator Joe Manchin? Apparently, it was this meeting with Kislyak, and by the way, folks... There was, there's, there are details being leaked out about the meeting between Kislyak and Sessions. And they were talking about it over on, um, over on Fox this weekend. And it was, um, there was a little bit of speculation on this. And we were going to get into this before the president stepped up the microphone. But Fox News Channel speculating if Trump leaked on Sessions to get him to resign from, as AG. Listen to this. Because I must say, the thought occurred to me on Thursday, you have the president basically saying, I'm really unhappy with Jeff Sessions and I wouldn't have appointed him. And the next day there is this leak of information. <laughs> you see you smiling about the fact that Sessions may have misled everybody about what he talked to Kislyak about. I think it was a post story that said that Kislyak and Sessions did have a conversation about relieving sanctions on Russia. And if that's the case, uh, well, Sessions vehemently denies this. So many are raising an eyebrow saying, well, this might be Trump leaking for a change to make a change over in the attorney general's office. Now, now, why does this happen? Well, I have uh, I'm going to reserve my speculation at this point. But I will say that we might we might get a window in this when we get into the Scaramucci stuff about what was going on as far as leaking was concerned inside of this Trump administration and who was doing the leaking. Many of us concede that Obama holdovers are, are a culprit, but some of these never Trumpers on the Republican side may also have infiltrated the white house state department, well, we'll, we'll, um, 
That's about as far as I want to speculate. Anyway, they, they continue chuckling it up over at uh, Fox News Sunday. Do you think? I mean, is, is there obviously the thought has occurred to you? It has occurred to me and many other reporters. I'll just go with what the, my friends at The Washington Post said about the story, which is that they have been working on this information since June. The information that Kislyak and Sessions talked about relieving sanctions. So we'll see where that goes. But if this is the Trump administration trying to put pressure on AG Sessions to resign, and now that Rudy Giuliani's name is being floated out there for a replacement, uh, the president is livid at Jeff Sessions recusing himself for meeting with Kislyak, as we have said, which was a part of his normal his normal duties as a senator. Let's get over to MSNBS. So what are you hearing about that? Well, John, I actually wouldn't describe it as a small cadre. I think part of the challenge for Ryan Priebus right now is he has a large footprint within the West Wing. He brought many of his RNC allies into the White House and the erosion of some of his, his inner circle. You saw Katie Walsh depart the White House earlier this year. Now Sean Spicer. You, you have some of his other loyalists under, under scrutiny in the communications operation. Because he has this large footprint, all the chipping away really cuts at his capital, his stature within the West Wing. Because if you <coughs> compare him to to Steve Bannon, the chief strategist, or Jared Kushner, the senior advisor, they don't have this larger operation within the White House, and that makes Priebus, in a sense, vulnerable. That's Rob Costa over on MSNBS from the Washington Post. Kind of going where I was going, that the Trump folks have determined that there is uh, perhaps a... Ne- oh, boy. I want to be careful here because I, I, I don't know any of this firsthand. I'm speculating that the Trump folks have determined that some of the never Trump element have made their way from the RNC into the Trump White House and that they may be a source of White House leaking and also leaking of some of the, uh, these various departments, not just the Obama holdovers. So that's the fear that's the speculation. And we'll get into this when we get into uh, to, to Scaramucci as well. Uh, let's see. Fox News. Let's get over there. Don't get the leaks stopped. I am a business person. And so I will take dramatic action to stop those leaks. If the leaks don't stop, I'm going to pare down the staff uh, because it's just not right, Chris. I think it's not fair to the president. It's actually not fair to America or the people in the government. All right, making it very clear that the leaks better stop and soon or people are going to go and fast. The read now from former White House Press Secretary, Fox News contributor Ari Fleischer. You know, I'm reminded so many administrations have tried to crack down on this sort of thing with mixed results. Uh, this has been a particular problem for President Trump. Uh, now there's a new sheriff handling uh, things for them in the communications department. What do you expect of this strategy? Well, he's 100% right. These leaks are debilitating. They're just terrible. You pick up the newspaper and you read who said what in the Oval Office. Neil, I can't imagine there isn't a time I ever would have turned on my colleagues and said, revealed publicly what they said to the president in the Oval Office. That's Ari Fleischer, former Bush secretary, uh, press secretary, talking with Cavuto on Fox. And you know what? I was going to put this off, so I might as well get into it now because they had some of the sound bites that I had pulled from the Fox News Sunday uh, appearance of Scaramucci, the mooch, as they call him now. And what I was struck by, because we joked about this on Friday, right here on this program, I said, you know, 
what if Spicer was being shown the door because he was a leaker? And and look, I was, and I have to be abundantly clear because I know Spicer and I like Sean Spicer. I was 100% joking when I said that. But when I got into Sunday shows, I wasn't laughing so much because the, the first, if he said it once, he said it a thousand times in his interview with Chris Wallace. Scaramucci has been brought in to plug the leaks. Well, listen, I, I actually don't think it's, that's the hard part. I think the hard part is just to get reorganized and figure out one of the first things I want to do is just message the people. We got to get the leaks stopped, Chris. I know that it's Washington, so it's going to be impossible to stop all of them. But I think what's going on right now is a high level of unprofessionalism and it's not serving the president. So my three simple things is I would like to reset the culture uh, inside the comms department so that people recognize that I'm actually there to serve them uh, and they're going to be working with me not for me that's a very big distinction and that all of us are there to serve the president of the United States and his agenda and so the and so well by the way the comms department uh, short for communications department inside the White House so Scaramucci is focused like a laser on resetting the culture but also it seems he has brought been brought in to shake up that staff because trump's inner circle has determined that the leaks are coming from the communication shop anthony scaramucci laying out his priorities to fix that communications department first thing for me is i want to hit a cultural reset button second thing is we got to get the leak stopped if we don't get the leak stopped i am a business person and so i will take dramatic action to stop those leaks and then the third thing is is i'll be traveling with the president this week uh and we're going to focus and refine the messaging from the from the white house yeah so he mentions the leaks again again and he wasn't done he, he is pledging. I mean, th- that was, the, I think it was the second or third time he had mentioned it. Here he goes again. Listen, I, I, I'm going to be very, very clear with people. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, that staff has amnesty. Um, we'll see uh, how they do with me at the helm. Uh, if the leaks don't stop, I'm going to pare down the staff uh, because it's just not right, Chris. I think it's not fair to the president. It's- yeah, paring down the staff. Now, let me let me just briefly stop down there for a second because this i basically what we're saying folks is if we can't stop the leaks we're going to start firing people we're going to start firing people and we're going to reduce the size of the communications department to people that we know we can trust because a lot of these other these other folks we can't trust so we're just going to start firing people washington post put out an editorial over the weekend saying a gutted state department makes us weak and I, I took exception to this because you guys know how I felt about the State Department. The State Department under Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama was a put everybody else first uh, place. This was a, uh, uh, a place where uh, the Iranians, the Cubans, uh, every, everybody went first. And America's best interests were subordinated. And I... On a comment to the Washington Post, I said, well, how many people does it take to actually screw America and benefit our enemies? Which is what the agenda of the State Department was. You know, there's not, there is an American issues, there's not an American issues department inside of the State Department. There are se- several countries that have 
their own uh, uh, their own representation inside of the U.S. State Department to make sure their needs are met. But there's no American <laughs> there's no American division inside of the U.S. State Department. That's number one. So uh, I'm all for what Rex Tillerson has been doing, paring down the Obama holdovers, paring down the left-wing elitists who put America second. Look, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap this up on the other side of the break, and don't forget we're talking about election integrity with our buddy Hans von Spakovsky. Coming up, Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Dial in, let it out. 888-900-3393. This is The Chris Salcedo Show, part of Generation Blaze on The Blaze Radio Network. The Chris Salcedo Show. I'm going to be very, very clear with people. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, uh, that staff has amnesty. Um, We'll see uh, how they do with me at the helm. Uh, If the leaks don't stop, I'm going to pare down the staff uh, because it's just not right, Chris. I think it's not fair to the president. It's actually not fair to America or the people in the government. I'm not going to be able to stop the leaks or uh, in the intergovernmental agencies and all that other stuff. That's a whole different ball of wax. Uh, But something's going on inside the White House that the president does not like. uh, And we're going to fix it. So that's that's what Scaramucci's been brought in to do. Fix it. Fix the leaks. Uh, Chris Wallace, and I'm, I don't do this very often. I don't often play the question, number one, and then allow, uh, not allow to hear the answer. But the question to me was so self-evident that I'm actually kind of surprised that Chris Wallace even asked it. Now, li- li- Chris Wallace is asking about President Donald Trump going after the integrity or that lack thereof of Bob Mueller. And I shouldn't say lack of integrity, but he has conflicts of interest, as do so many people who have been hired to, quote unquote, investigate Russian collusion in our elections. So here's the question from Chris Wallace. Do you see anything wrong with going after the special counsel and his team when it comes to possible conflicts of interest or when it comes to uh, your feeling or the president's feeling that he is expanding the scope of his investigation too far into the president's business affairs? What are you supposed to do? When you believe you are being treated unfairly and you're being investigated with somebody with a conflict of interest, why wouldn't you say that? Why wouldn't you do that? Do you, do you hear what Chris Wallace is asking? He's saying, do, do you think it's right for the president to go after Bob Mueller? Going after, you mean pointing out his obvious conflicts of interest? Pointing out his obvious missteps already in the investigation? The leaks from the investigation? What? Well, why shouldn't folks it's it's tantamount to this you run over some kid's bike okay you're in your car you run over some kid's bike so you got to appear before a judge you find out the judge is the parent of the kid's bike you ran over and uh 
Oh, and by the way, it was somebody you used to date in high school and you broke their heart. Okay. According to Chris Wallace of Fox News, you're just supposed to sit down and shut up and not call into question the possible compromising objectivity of the judge. Or in this case, the special counsel. Of course, Donald Trump should, quote unquote, not go after, but point out that Bob Mueller has significant conflicts of interest, not least of which his close personal relationship with James Comey, not least of which the fact that he interviewed for James Comey's job, James Comey's job. Not least of which he's hiring Democrat bundlers. Those who collect donations to donate to Democrats as lawyers to go after Donald Trump or quote unquote investigate Donald Trump or Russia collusion. These are obvious conflicts of interest that call into question the objectivity of Bob Mueller and his so-called investigation of Russian collusion. It seems more likely that he's trying to dig up dirt on Trump. That's why he's investigating businesses that have nothing to do with Russia. So I think it's completely reasonable for the president of the United States to say, hey, I don't think I'm being treated fairly here. A couple of other issues here I wanted to to point out today. The Democrats, much is said about how the Republicans are, are in disarray, and they are. There are no unifying principles. We talked about this on Friday. No unifying principles that makes a Republican a Republican. It's just a name. It's just a name. Ted Cruz is a Republican, but we know him as a conservative. Susan Collins says she's Republican, and and frankly, she's a liberal. She's a progressive. What? The only thing that unites Cruz and Susan Collins is the name Republican. There are no shared values that those two have, in my estimation. Democrats are in worse shape, folks. You'll be uh, happy to know that the Democrat leadership, former Obama official Potty Mouth Perez, Tom Perez, according to a new FEC report, reveals the Democrat National Committee finished the month $3.3 million in debt. (laughs) At least they're consistent, right? I mean, this is what they do to the country every single time (laughs) they get into office. They bankrupt us. Isn't that what they do? Every single time? Run up the debt. I mean, Obama added more to the national debt under his watch than all previous presidents combined. So at least the Democrats are consistent and I'm glad they're doing it to themselves instead of to us for a change. I mean, three, 3.3 million bucks in the hole for the, for the month of June. That's a, that's a thing of beauty in my mind. Okay. Up next, our buddy Hans von Spakovsky from the Heritage Foundation. He will uh, talk about his role in the voter fraud thing. Uh, this commission, the president's put out there. Back in a minute on The Chris Salcedo Show. 
The Chris Salcedo Show, part of Generation Blaze, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody. I think I have this video up at chrissalcedo.com, C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O.com under the video section. I think you got to scroll all the way down to the bottom of memory serves. This was a video from when I was in news, and I put together a report about election uh, integrity. And this was when I was in Dallas, Fort Worth at the uh, news station there, a CBS owned and operated station. And one of the conclusions I remember coming to was we had so many checks in place. For example, uh, if you're a felon, the government can check to see if you're eligible to vote. If you are a uh, mentally incapacitated person, there are government checks for that. If you're not of age to vote, there are checks for that. Do you guys know the only check the government is prohibited from checking is your citizenship? Arguably the most critical part of the voting process as to whether or not you are eligible to actually cast that ballot and weigh in on American issues through your vote. Now, what is the, what is the number one refrain that we are used to hearing out there about election fraud, about massive voter fraud? Oh, there's no evidence that there is any voter fraud out in America. They always say that, these left-wing progressives. And we know what's at bottom here. They are fighting desperately for their ability to cheat because that's the way they win. Uh, The problem is they will not inform you in that same breath that they have passed laws and restrictions and under the guise of safeguards to prohibit us from actually gathering the information that would show that voter fraud is taking place. Well, you have no proof. Well, you won't allow me to go get the proof. See, there's no proof. (laughs) You guys see that whole circle, meaningless circle. So the president of the United States has decided to start a commission to go out and find this stuff, to go out and collect information as to how pervasive and how how bad off we are here in in the country. So without further ado, let's talk to our guest today. Hans von Spakovsky, everybody, he is here. Manager of the Election Law Reform Initiative and Senior Fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Hans, welcome back to the Salcedo Show. Well, thanks for having me pleasure is all mine and, and since we we joined you a little late i'm hoping we can keep you over in case we don't get everything covered uh what's your role in the president's election integrity commission 
Well, I'm one of about a dozen commissioners, and it's important for everybody to understand it's a bipartisan commission. You'd, you'd never know that from some of the media coverage of it. And the commissioners, they've had their first meeting, and what we've talked about is we, we're going to investigate and take a look at the American election process from the time people register to vote to the time they go cast their ballot to the counting of ballots afterwards, and we're going to see, well, what kind of vulnerabilities and problems are there in the system? Uh, what kind of recommendations can we make to improve the system uh, and, and make sure that uh, it's, it's secure and isn't a system that people who want to take advantage of it uh, can do that? Now, the, the refrain that we hear from opponents of election integrity, they say there is no evidence of voter fraud. However, I was just talking about this with the audience before you joined us. There is there is a steady diet of roadblocks that many and I would I would rationalize mostly of a left wing persuasion have thrown up preventing government from actually checking to find out if there's voter fraud. There, there are all, all manner of obstacles under the guise of of privacy. Uh, and I and I hasten to point out, Hans, that there are government checks for everything under the sun on voter eligibility, except except citizenship am i right no you're you're absolutely right in fact when a couple of states have tried to do something what everybody needs to understand is we, we look we have an honor system yeah the voter registration um application form asks you if you are a citizen but i can cite you case after case after case where uh people who weren't u.s citizens lied on their application and registered and voted but we have an honor system nobody verifies and checks for example that everybody registered to vote is a citizen. And so we know there are non-citizens registered and voting all over the country. What we don't know is how big of a problem is that. And anytime any state tries to do something about it, they end up getting lawsuits filed against them saying, oh, you, you can't do anything about this. Yeah. And it's, it, it seems that there is a one political persuasion in our country that is dedicated to the prospect of keeping cheating available. To, to influence elections. I mean, I don't, I don't understand how you can read it any other way. Well, I don't either, and I'll give you a quick example of that. Um, one of the people that has been protesting the loudest about this commission, presidential commission, is Terry McAuliffe, the Democratic governor of Virginia. And <laughs> I mean, he has just really said outrageous things about it. Look, the state legislature in Virginia not too long ago passed a very simple law that said that when people get called for jury duty in the state courts, if they're excused because they're not a U.S. citizen, that information has to be sent back to election officials, which is where they, they get the list of potential jurors so that they can take the non-citizen off the rolls. Terry McAuliffe vetoed that bill. Now, why in the world would anyone veto a bill like that unless you want non-citizens to be able to register, to vote, and to get away with it, and election officials not find out about it? Hans von Spakovsky is uh, manager of the Election Law Reform Initiative and a senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation. I, I did some reporting on this when I was in journalism, when I was in news. And, uh, you know, there were, there were some folks out there who wanted to get out of jury duty. So they just checked the box. I'm, I'm not a citizen. And, and, you know, thinking, uh, what, what are they going to do to me? You know, uh, so, so that so, some, maybe McAuliffe was considering that. But still, it, it, what, what does it hurt to cross-check? You know, have right. the government say, hey, you, you checked this box that you weren't a citizen on jury duty. And uh, are you a citizen or not? And they go, oh, I'm just trying to get out of jury duty. Well, you know, so a lot of people could get in trouble over lying on an official government document. Uh, last thing, 
a- acorn was not a myth. The, 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 no. This was a, a, a large, concentrated left-wing effort to, to cheat in an election. And, and Democrats don't want to talk about this very much, but it, it is precisely the reason why we're so worried about the vulnerability and integrity in our elections, yes? Yeah, it, it is. And uh, anybody who doubts there's voter fraud can check out the database. We've created it at um, the Heritage Foundation. We're adding new cases almost all the time. We're up to more almost 1,100 proven cases of election fraud. Wow. Hans von Skoski, everybody. He's the manager of the Election Law Reform Initiative and a senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Appreciate your time and expertise as always, sir. Thanks for having me. In somewhat related news um in texas there are a couple of stories i need to tell you guys about the first story you guys probably heard of already a human trafficker had a whole bunch uh, they're saying they're speculating as much as a hundred illegals were piled into this semi-trailer truck trailer in the hundred degree texas heat no air conditioning and no water Ten people are dead, and several are hospitalized. They've got the guy, the truck driver, in custody. He's saying he had no idea how they got in there. He didn't realize this trailer on its way from, where was it, Idaho, out to Texas, was full of people. only time he was aware is that some folks were making some noise when he stopped at a pit stop to, to use the restroom. He opens up the door and he says he was, he was mowed over by a whole bunch of Spanish people. <laughs> uh, upon opening the door, Bradley claimed he was run over by Spanish people and knocked him to the ground, according to the affidavit. Anyway, this guy is, uh, this guy's in custody. And, um, We'll see where that goes, but 10 people are dead. And I I think there is no mistake about this. The reason why these people are dead is because for so long we've had liberals on both sides of the political aisle who have rolled out the welcome mat for illegal aliens. And these coyotes, these human smugglers, they don't give a damn. They get paid. They charge these poor people uh, their entire life savings so they could come up here to the United States of America and escape the oppression from countries who behave the way Democrats do. Their governments behave the way Democrats do. That's why so many people want to get the hell out of Dodge. And then they they risk their, literally risk their lives coming here. Now, Folks of each political persuasion see this story and they come to two different conclusions. And I'll leave it up to you to come to the conclusion that you want to come to. Liberal leftists, anti-rule of law folks here in the United States, look at this story and they say, see, 10 people are dead. That means we got to stop enforcing our laws. The conservative would say, see, we've got to start enforcing our laws so people understand in no uncertain terms that they cannot come to the United States illegally. Folks, following the rule of law saves 
lives. Now, this isn't something that Democrats or extremist libs understand, but most common sense people do understand it. And the reason I say that, in the very same state of Texas, you guys have heard me make reference to Sanctuary City Sally, Sally Hernandez. She's a sheriff in Travis County in the state of Texas, and she is the one of the main reasons why Texas became the first country or the first state in the country to pass sanctuary city law that basically says if you are a an elected official and you do not cooperate with federal immigration's uh, detainer requests, your moldy butt will be thrown in jail. And that takes takes effect, I believe, in September. Well, Sanctuary City Sally uh, released a known Suernos 13 gang member who had been previously deported four times. And uh, she decides she's going to let this guy go. Now, thankfully, ICE found him and deported him. But that's, that's the level of commitment to the American citizens that these left-wing Democrat extremists have. Sanctuary City Sally, a Democrat in Travis County, was willing to let out an illegal alien felon. What if he'd killed somebody? What if he'd harmed somebody? Sanctuary City Sally would be the first reprobate to say, oh, you can't put that on me. Well, now, oh, and by the way, she released him by saying she had determined he wasn't a threat. She had determined that a four-time deportee and felon here illegally in the United States wasn't a threat. I'll be back in a minute. Chris Salcedo Show, here on The Blaze. Keep up with The Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on The Blaze Radio Network. Show. Welcome back, everybody. I got into a conversation with the family over the weekend. Uh, as you all know, I'm a native of California, San Diego, and uh, I still have conversations with my family who are stuck behind enemy lines out there in the People's Republic of California. And we were talking about secession. And a couple of weeks back, we talked to Liz Wheel about she really believes that California, if they they really have the gumption. I mean, they they were toying with it in Texas under Obama, but the, she actually thinks that these left wing crazies out there might might actually pull it off. To which you know, I, I think the only thing that exceeds California's desire to secede from the union is the rest of the states who are really eager to see them go. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I, I know very few bastions around the country. I mean, even some New Yorkers go, just Californians are crazy. So, I mean, and I openly wondered, would the new People's Republic of California have better relations with the United States or with Mexico? Because, you know, I, culturally speaking, 
You know, they got a lot of illegals up there from Mexico already in the state of California and language that they're not they're not forced to assimilate to speak English. So already a lot of the backward culture from Mexico is is uh, just pushing its way into California already. It's not it's it, it's more Mexico than it is America in California and many precincts. And their value system and all that kind of stuff, you know, cronyism and the uh, government lording over your life. Oh, by the way, another positive effect of Donald Trump enforcing the rule of law. Uh, looks like some folks are now heading, illegals uh, are heading north of the border to Canada <laughs> to escape the rule of law in America. Hey, remember everybody, a society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by government, but rather how much power is reserved for We the People. Have a great day. Catch you tomorrow. The Chris Salcedo Show, 3 o'clock Eastern, right here. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network.